Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where we aim to give you critical and easily applicable leadership concepts to help you along your journey. I'm your co-host, Scott, and I have the privilege of talking about life and leadership with the owner and founder of Rising Tide Leadership, Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Wow, Scotty, that is uh, once again a stellar opening. Thank you for making me sound uh, way more way more important than I am. Let's uh, Let's do it. So as we dive in today, I think a question for our listeners to think about um, as we kind of start to get going here is twofold. First, have you ever been asked to do something by a leader and not fully understood why? And then on the flip side, have you as a leader ever asked your team to do something without explaining the task's true purpose? Something to just kind of tuck away as we talk today, have that run around the back of your mind. All right. So- I'm not supposed to answer that yet, am I? No, not yet. It's coming. Okay. <laughs> good. So, g- g- give me something. <laughs> okay. So one of my all-time favorite movies um, is Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Okay. Wait. So it's one. Okay. So not the Johnny Depp version from a few years ago. So it's okay, just not right in answer. the same category. But it's the one that features the one and only Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka, one yes! of my favorite actors all right, of all this, time. So just for everybody out there, th- this podcast could continue because I was about to cut Scotty off <laughs> if you gave any other answer except for Gene Wilder, the true OG Willy Wonka. So go go ahead, Scotty. There's only one Willy Wonka in my mind. So <laughs> Um, But hopefully our listeners know the basic premise of the movie. Um, If you haven't seen the Gene Wilder version uh, and only the Johnny Depp one, I should say you you should, but hopefully you know that. Um, But overall, when a group of ticket winners, and the point I want to try to make is when they arrive at the factory, Willy Wonka gives them one simple instruction. You know, they walk through that gate, there's that whole parade, they get inside, they hang their coats. And Wonka, being kind of the recluse he is, tells him that they are not to touch or taste anything in the entire factory during the entire time (laughs) that they are in there. Now, most of us watch that and think that seems simple enough. When in reality, you're literally walking through a chocolate factory that, you know, probably actually is really difficult. But that instruction just (laughs) seems so simple. And most of us, as we hear that, would view that as not really needing further explaining. But if you know how the film progresses, further explanation of the why behind those instructions was probably, if not definitely needed. So if Wonka had actually taken the time to explain the why, like, for example, you could be permanently maimed and or die, uh, then the outcome for numerous children and some of their parents could have been very, very different. And so I know as leaders, making sure that we understand the why behind tasks uh, given to us and then explaining the why to others as we're assigning them tasks can be so very important. And that's what we are unpacking today. So Mo, go ahead and lead us into our first point of the day. Well, I think really the only point of the day needs to be that uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the old school one, um, is the one to watch. But you're right, the, the Johnny Depp one, the Johnny Depp one is, is uh, good as well, and uh, um, I I just like Johnny Depp. So, uh, but anyway, so uh, Scotty, you know, today, you know, leaders start with why, and I, I've got to just you know let everybody know out there that I'm 
definitely stealing a page out of the great Simon Sinek's book. Um, and he's got a couple of books about the why. Start with why, find your why. But, you know, leaders start with why. And the reason why leaders start with why is because you need to know the vision. As a leader, you need to know the direction. Um, and, and Scott, that, that's just paramount. So think about it like, Ed, let me get like really uh, philosophical for, uh, for us here. Like the North Star guiding the ship through uncharted waters. So is the why in the leader's uh, life with his or her followers. So, I mean, if you are actually talking about navigating ships, right, on, on, on the high seas, if you want to, you know, uh, have success, you need to, you need to know where you are. You need to pinpoint, hey, this is where we are, this is where we're going, but this is why we are going there. That, that's what people need to know. Um, and so leaders out there, if if you if you haven't read that book uh, or in, in, any of Simon Sinek's, I mean, really, Scotty, you could just, and I've told you pretty much, if it has Simon Sinek's name on it, pick it up. Uh, it's great. But he's got a couple of books, Start With Why, Find Your Why, pick up those books. Now, um, on the um, uh, the note of the high seas and uh, leadership within uh, sailing and things like that, it's got another mm -hmm. great book, and I don't think I've I've told you about this one yet. Um, it's called Leadership Lessons from the Age of Fighting Sail. And doesn't that just sound like a a really cool book? So, I mean, if you want to learn leadership um, of you know true heroes, people that uh, uh, men that were fighting on the high seas back in like the 17, 1800s, leadership lessons from the age of fighting cell is going to give you some really cool, uh, real stories, real life stuff, and how you can apply that to leadership just in everyday life. Everyday life. So that's you know those are our first couple. Man, we're only a couple minutes in, and we've already given two book, three book recommendations here. And so and with all those stories in there, and a movie. Gosh, I mean, we might as well say, hey. But, Good night, everybody. <laughs> so, um, so if you want to take take a look at uh, another way to view leadership, you know, pick pick up that book about um, you know uh, leadership lessons uh, during uh, during that age. Um, and so, Scott, just like you know, just like the North Star for sailors at sea, leaders who possess a clear and unwavering belief in their vision, um, it, it becomes a beacon of inspiration for the team. And really, that's what we do as leaders. We're inspiring others on a daily basis. And so this kind of clarity uh, enables, you know, uh, uh, whoever's the captain of the ship, him or her, to navigate challenges with confidence. And so my question for our listeners out there today, Scotty, is as, as a leader, are you navigating the challenges at your work with confidence? Because you need to know where you're headed and why it matters. Your people want to know why it matters, Scott. So when a leader is firmly rooted in, in the vision, it fosters a sense of authenticity and gives you credibility, right? We always talk about credibility. Um, and so team, team members are naturally drawn to leaders who can articulate not just the what and the how of their objectives, but more importantly, Scotty, the profound why behind them. And this deep understanding of vision it's going to infuse energy and passion into a leader's communication, ultimately making it uh, compelling and relatable to the followers. 
It sounds a little futuristic, um, which I know <laughs> is one of your strengths from the Clifton Strengths Finder. And I really hate to throw another book yeah. in there after we've already thrown so many. Um, but sure. uh, I kind of assume that at this point, now that I mentioned your futuristic strength, that uh, you're going to probably end up suggesting that book to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Scott, as you know, <clears throat> I think all leaders ha- need to have that book, Strengths Finder 2.0. Um, th- you need to have that in your arsenal. I mean, you need to know your strengths. Scott, one of the first things you and I did years ago, as I said, have you taken the Clifton Strengths Finder? And you're like, no, I, I haven't taken it. So I said, well, let- let's do that. And so now, Scott, that's one of, one of the books in your arsenal. And how many times have I actually had a conversation with you and said, what when you're dealing with somebody or something at work, I'd say, well, what is that person's strengths? And mm-hmm. sometimes if they've taken Strengths Finder, it makes it easy, but um, it can be fun and frustrating sometimes when you don't know the strengths of the other people on your team. And so, Scott, just like you've had um, you know that interaction and been able to engage with people on those principles, I want the same thing for our listeners. So, listeners, um, you need to have the ability to to get others to believe. And, and follow you um, with the vision that, that you have. But if you're going to communicate that effectively, you should really know the strengths of the people that are on your team. And this, again, leads to why it's important to convey the why in a way that resonates with your team. And the way you do that, Scott, is knowing that person's strengths. So when you tap into this, you know, um, th- these strengths in, in this instance, um, you can find out the intrinsic motivations for each of the individual people that you're dealing with. And so it's not just about telling people, but it's about listening to them. It's about understanding them. It's about empathizing with the people that, that you lead. Because Scott, when people feel heard, when they feel valued, they're more likely to align with your vision and ultimately, you know, with the efforts that you have. And so Simon Sinek's you know, groundbreaking book, again, Start With Why?, it really reveals a foundational principle that sets extraordinary leaders apart from the ordinary leaders. And it's all about beginning with the why rather than just focusing on the what or the how. So Simon Sinek reminds us, Scott, that understanding and articulating the deeper purpose of motivation behind our actions is key to inspiring them and motivating them. So think of it as, um, Think of it as a beacon of light that you know guides us forward. Mm-hmm. That's a really great example um, of mm-hmm. that beacon of light. And so, Mo, I guess I just have to ask, like, where have you seen this kind of start with why mentality? Yeah, well, um, there, there's there's really um, a, a lot of good leaders um, that know how to start with why, uh, but. If you think back to World War II, and I love I love all the wars. Uh, I'm, I'm a history buff. Uh, my father uh, was a history teacher, so I kind of had to know all this stuff. But um, General George Marshall really demonstrated this principle. And by providing a really clear sense of purpose during World War II without micromanaging the specifics, um, he helped to let his leaders empower their teams to take initiative um, and ultimately, um, making a difference in, in winning winning the war. I really like that emphasis that you put on micromanaging the specifics. I feel like I hear from a lot of individuals yeah. um, in 
uh, in various different workplaces just about the stress that they feel with micromanaging. And so it just really seems that having a clear sense of that why kind of rules the chance of, of kind of falling into that micromanaging um, and kind of really puts that, yeah. that team on the same page as you. So really, really great. Sure. So then Mo, what, what's our second point for today? Yeah, so after leaders start with why, here's the second point. Leaders pinpoint essentials. So effective leadership really involves several crucial elements, if you will. First, it's about resilience in the face of failure. Leaders, you are going to fail. <laughs> Warren Buffett, Bill <laughs> Gates, Steve Jobs, all these guys, um, they, they had their setbacks. And so they persevered and their stories really serve as a testament of power and tenacity. And so... Um, uh, actually, um, I think about uh, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey and uh, the empire that she built. I mean, over the years, if you get a chance to read about Oprah and and kind of who she was starting out as 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 a little girl who was poor and didn't have very much. And then all of a sudden, like you just know Oprah from the name. Right. I mean, she, she's not even Oprah mm-hmm. Winfrey anymore. She's just Oprah. And in fact, I think her, her, her channel is just called O. <laughs> and so that's when you know you've become a brand. Well, Oprah didn't just get there by doing the easy stuff. She had setbacks. She had times in her life where she was like, man, I just want to quit. People told her that she was, Scott, can you, can you believe people told Oprah that she was untalented? I mean, like, come on. <laughs> so, so if Oprah's going to get these setbacks, these setbacks, if Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, all these people, if they're going to have these setbacks, we're going to have these setbacks, right? So leaders mm. do not fret. And so, so Don, Don Dalrymple um, is an investor and he's an advisor. And he says um, that around his house, I love this. They, him and his family use the mantra, major on the majors and minor on the minors. And so I love hearing that because several, Scott, of, of my mentors, the men and women who have taught me over the years have said those exact same words. Mo, you need to major on the majors and minor on the minors. And so if you really want to uh, uh, read that whole article, it's actually going to be uh, linked here uh, at the bottom of the notes. Uh, but just like Don did, you need to know that leaders, it's imperative for you to focus on the big picture, right, Scotty? And that's, I know it's easy for me uh, as, as, a, as a futuristic guy, but, but not to get bogged down in the particulars. So leaders, can you do that? Can you keep your eye on the big things? Yeah, but that was the first thing that jumped to my mind is focusing on that big picture. Definitely easy for you since you have that futuristic strength. Um, but I just have to, just for our listeners out there, what what about the rest yeah. of us? Like what advice do you have for the rest of us? Because I know for someone that has the strengths like you, it's easy to focus on that bigger picture. But for those that don't have that futuristic yeah. strength, like I myself don't have that, that's not in my top five strengths. Like how do I go sure. about, what advice do you have for for those of us that don't have that. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, uh, that, that's a great question, Scotty. And, and um, you and I have been talking about doing an entire series on uh, Strengths Finder. And in fact, you know, um, I, I might just dissect yours, uh, just to have some fun with it, right? <laughs> but but if, oh if, we're talking about, <laughs> if we're talking about mine, though, futuristic, um, you, you're right. You know, for, for somebody like me, like it's, it's it's almost to, to a fault. In fact, I get a lot of flack, um, and, and rightly so, uh, from people who look at me uh, in leadership and they're, and they're like, Mo, like, you're, you're too futuristic. Like, like come back to the here and now. Um, yes, don't, you know, don't minor on the minors. But Mo, if we want to get to the major things, we've got to 
I mean, you can't just ignore the minor things. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So um, just because you you look at at the at, at, at the future, it doesn't mean that you cannot follow the process. And there it is. There's that word again, Scott. It's all about the process. And so I guess what I'm saying is you got to find a happy medium. Yeah, if you want to be a leader, you can't be too focused on the little things and then forget about the big picture. But Scott, that's why that's why you know uh, communication and being transparent is key. You know, your people need to be able to come to you and say, like, I don't understand this. You know, Scott, you're wanting me to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm still on A, B, and C. Help me understand why I need to do this. And you need to be able to take them through the process. And that's why we're talking about pinpointing the essentials. Scott, what are those things, those little things, those little essentials that you need to pinpoint that are not necessarily even minor things? But they're important things that are going to get you to the majors, right? Mm-hmm. But that you mm-hmm. can focus on. So um, so I guess really, leaders, the question is, are you a communicative person? Whether it's with your family, at home, or with work, whatever. Because leaders that foster open and honest dialogue, they're, they're going to build trust and accountability with their teams. And it, it's akin to kind of a compass, again, if we want to take that that sailing um, uh, analogy, like a compass that keeps keeps us heading in the right direction. That's that's great. So a quote I hear a lot of the time is, it's all about the details. It's all about the fine-tuned things. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking more about not focusing necessarily on those those little things. But if your job is to focus on those little things, how do we also or I should say, what advice would you give to those that, that need to concentrate on those small things and how can they bring those into the light to really morph that into focusing on that bigger picture? Yeah, shockingly, I'm going to bring up a book by John Maxwell <laughs> called The 21 <laughs> called the Twenty One Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. <laughs> and John Maxwell said this. He said, when you are interviewed for a job, you need to be thinking and you need to be communicating to the people that are going to hire you, hire you and you need to ask this question, Scott. So um, listeners, get ready. If you're driving, get ready to write this one down, get ready to uh, pull up, whatever you got to do. But here it is. You need to be thinking this. What is it that I can do that nobody else can do all the time? You see... Mm. If I find out what I can do that nobody else can do, then I focus. That's the major for me. So, Scott, when you are brought in as a leader into a company and they say, Scott, we want you to manage um, all of these people in this office, you need to ask, hey, and I mean, this is for anybody out there, but I'm just using Scotty as an example here. The, The question I ask is, okay, well, what is it that I need to do? Like, what is it, what does it take for me again? And this is, this is uh, all chapter four in, in the 21 laws of leadership, but, but the law of navigation is, you know, the, 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 the leader charts the course and then lets other people steer the ship. Right. And we've talked about that before. So Scott, our job as leaders is to find out what we can do and then focus on that. And then you have everybody else do what they're best at. So leaders, where are you in life? Who are you in charge of? Who looks to you? What is it that they need you to do? What does your boss, your supervisor need you to do? You need to do that thing or things. And then you need to delegate everything else. I know know it's hard to do this, but Scott, to your question, you're saying, well, how do we, 
How do we get into the details? That's how you get into the details. You get other people who are good at whatever they're supposed to do, and then you let them do that. Because, for instance, if I'm a and and if if I'm a a, a baseball manager, um, I may or may not decide to call every pitch. But if if it's me, if it's Mo, I'm going to find somebody who can call the game for me because I'm the manager. <laughs> I, I've got I've got bigger things to to deal with. Now, if that's my strength, maybe I'll do that. But for me, that's not my strength. So I want to I, I want to inspire people, Scott. And then I want to mm. find everybody else who does what they do well and then let them do that. Leaders out there, trust me, people want to do what they're good at. And they are frustrated when you are trying to micromanage and tell them how they need to do things. Get out of their way. Let them focus on those things. And trust me, it's going to be better because they're good at it for one. And you're not, even though you think you are. And if you don't know, Ask your people. And if you really want to know, they're going to tell you. <laughs> How's that? That's great. That's great. So uh, before <laughs> uh, we throw another book recommendation in there, let's go move <laughs> to our final point today, point number three, which inevitably will probably also <laughs> include another book recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Scott, after point one leaders, start with why. Point two leaders, pinpoint essentials. Point three is this. Leaders empower with purpose. And isn't that what I was kind of really just alluding to, right? Um, mm-hmm. th- that essential, um, you know, for, for, for leaders to empower with purpose is something that they have to do. Leaders, you have to empower through a clear sense of purpose. That is vital. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whatever your job is, that is something that you can do that only you can do that nobody else can do. And by explaining the why behind actions and decisions, leaders encourage their teams to take ownership of their responsibilities. This fosters innovation, collaboration, and then ultimately, Scott, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to commitment and success. It's great. So, Mo, I know that sometimes work can <laughs> seem like one is just kind of going through the motions, so to say. So clocking in, you know, sticking to your job description, keeping that head down, and kind of just not really necessarily feeling a sense of purpose. So what would you say to those individuals that don't really see purpose in their everyday workflow? Well... Two two things. Um, I would say this, Scott. First, um, we uh, work during the day to make a living. We work during the night to make a life. <laughs> so, so if you are unhappy where you're at, don't just quit your job because it, you probably need to make money, right? So, I, I, I'm not going to say, yeah, just quit your job and <clears throat> just you know go go out and follow your dreams. But now that might be what you need to do, but. Um, you might end up living in your car. And if you're out there and you got a family, you got a wife and kids or a husband and kids or whatever, if people depend on you, that might not be the best thing for you. So keep your head down, like, like you said, Scott, and get done what you have to get done because that's what you were that's what you were you were brought on to do. So you're in that situation, you know me. I don't uh, there's no excuses. Um, I'm at because of the I'm at where I'm at today because of the decisions I made good or bad. You're at where you're where you're at today because of the decisions you made good or bad. And everybody out there, you can't blame anybody except for yourself because you are the one who made a decision. Nobody's forcing you to do these things. Now that having been said, this is what you need to do. If you are not happy where you're at, you need to work like heck to be able to get out of that job and go do something, another job that's going to bring you that fulfillment. 
Now, you have to earn that right, Scott. People just can't just say, well, I don't like where I'm working, so I, I'm going to quit. And I'm going to, well, hey, before you, as George Costanza would say, before you do the march in, <laughs> before you do the march into your boss, you need to make sure that you earn that. And so for all of our leaders out there, if you really believe that people um, need need to hear your ideas and, and you need to be a leader of people and you're at a job that that they're not giving you that, that ability, then you need to start looking for other opportunities and in the midst work hard enough to earn your way to be able to go do those things. I'm a big believer that you should do something that brings you life and passion and excitement. But I'm also a bigger believer in that um, you need to you need to pay your dues. You need to get it done. You are the one who is responsible for you and your success. So leaders, get out there. People need you to be successful so that they can experience your leadership. And until you earn that, you're going to be right where you are. So get out there and do it. Wow. That's, uh, that was great. That was great. I just feel like if we had, I'm not going to drop my mic because, uh, you know, that break my well, mic, but I feel like this is a that's mic drop moment. It's expensive. So, um, gosh, what a great, what a great point to, to end on just empowerment being so incredibly important, but not just empowerment, empowerment with a purpose. Um, gosh, and I, yeah. I, I'm really guessing a lot of our reader or listeners, I was going to say readers, but are a lot of our listeners can relate to just that idea of being in a workplace that you just don't see that purpose. But I love that idea sure. of working hard, making your holding yourself accountable um, to improve your own kind of environment that you're in so that you can go on to a better environment. So Mo, with that being said, you have any final thoughts for us today? Yeah, I do. And, and, you know, leaders really, if, if you want people to follow you, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing. The reason that, uh, for instance, I mentioned Steve Jobs before, the reason people wanted to be a part of Apple and own those products and still do today is because they wanted to be a part of something bigger. Steve Jobs never talked to the how or the what. He always talked to the why and why people should want to be a part of what he was doing. Leaders, you need to give your people the reason to follow you. Don't ever be upset if somebody isn't following you because, Scott, you've heard me say this before, there are no bad teams. There are only bad leaders, right? And so leaders, get out there. You need to work hard. It has never been easier to succeed in life because nobody is willing to put the work in. Leaders, you need to be willing to put the work in because if you really believe you're a leader, Others are expecting you to be successful so that they can be underneath your leadership. People want to follow somebody that is um, uh, passionate and, and knows what they're doing. Um, heck, the, the, the people that, that I follow, <clears throat> the, the men and women who are mentors and coaches in my life, Scott, you know, I talk about them all the time. They're all men and women who are passionate and they're good at what they do. But you know what they all have in common, Scotty? They all earned the right to have that leadership. And so leaders, I know you can do it. Get out there, work hard enough, find your why. And if you don't know how to find your why or what that process is, there's a book by Simon Sinek called Find Your Why <laughs> and find your why. And then when you do that, Scott, I'm telling you, our listeners are going to come back and they're going to say, people started to follow me because I found my why. Most people are living in the what and the how. Leaders live in the why. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. 
Well, everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you enjoyed listening today, we encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share. We have some exciting new things in development, but until then, thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next time as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next time.